2: Welcome in the latest episode of the five on the floor podcast on the five reason sports network. Make sure to check out our free website. That's right. Free, no paywall, not like the other guys. You can go to five five reason sports. Make sure to spell out the five there. You will get all of our latest Miami heat content. In addition to the dolphins, Marlins, hurricanes, Panthers, and more. We've got a new column up from Greg Sylvander. His guts check column. Also check out launching pad from Nakias Duncan. And I'll be debuting the season ticket column next Monday on my way back from New York. All right, before we get to today's episode, we tell you about a great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that's BetDSI. That's right, we've got the Super Bowl coming up here in Miami. Five Reasons Sports, by the way, will be fully credentialed to that. We've got three credentials, including myself, so we'll be giving you full coverage of the Super Bowl week and the game. So check that out. But also check out BetDSI.com to bet on everything. Of course, you can bet more than just the NFL. You can bet the NBA, MLB, NHL, College football. We've got the, obviously the big championship game coming up. So make sure you jump on there and get the special promotion. Betting's a lot easier when you're given free opportunities. And that's what you get if you use the code 5101. That's spelled out F I V E 101. Had a lot of questions about this. Do you get your money back? All the rest of this. Yes, you get your money. If you bet and you win, you get your money. So go to betdsi.com, use the promo code 5101. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor,
3: a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. ALF 954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network.
2: All right, Ethan Skolnick back here. We got the full crew tonight for the first time in a long time. Um, I'm here with Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. Also follow Alphonse Sidney at ALF954. The Miami Heat just went into Indiana and destroyed the Pacers. Really impressive win. I I understand they don't have their starting backcourt. No Brogdon again, and also no Oladipo. There were some questions about whether Sabonis would play. He played. He didn't play well. But the Heat now, guys, and I'll I'll start with Alf on this. The Heat now... Wait, hold on, hold
3: on. I'm sorry. Sabonis didn't play
2: well? Eh, he played well enough. I mean, he played well enough. He shot 10 of 13. Okay, he played well, but he didn't <laughs> dominate Bam or anything like that. He played pretty he played pretty well. All right, so, yes, that's right. It, it picked up as the game went on, but I still think Bam outplayed him, which we're going to touch on. But wins in Indiana, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Toronto. That's four of the other five best teams in the Eastern Conference. Everybody but the Boston Celtics. Miami lost up there earlier second night of a back-to-back, but they'll get another opportunity in Boston later in the season. Alf, the significance of what the Heat have done on the road. I know people have complained about them on the road, but they're now a game over five hundred, which is not awful. The I mean, of what the, they've the, done on the road against the better teams in the league.
4: Record-wise, they're mediocre road team, which actually, I mean, being five hundred on the road isn't exactly mediocre, but I mean, they're they a run-of-the-mill road team, but what's important is they've had these big signature wins um, on the road in tough places to play. I mean, they were talking about how the Heat have lost I think it was 13 of the last 14 um, in Indiana before tonight. So it's just a tough place for, for them to play historically. And just this year, I mean, no matter what people want to say about Brogdon and Oladipo, the Pacers are still, what, 23 and 14? They're, they're not a bad team. So to go in there and completely dominate like that, where you can rest your two best players the entire fourth quarter, is pretty important. And just overall on the season, what they've shown, with every time there's been a really really big challenge they've stepped up to the plate now some of these second nights uh, games on the second night of a back-to-back on the road some of that stuff is just you know you really can't like what are you gonna do right but if they've had rest and they've had a challenge on the road they've stepped up on a lot of in a lot of these games and it's just I mean from the last four years of heat basketball and PTSD of them not just not stepping up in big games, losing uh, relatively easy games. Like it's just really, really nice to see.
2: Yeah, so I, that's my thing here is that we can talk about the loss in Minnesota. We can talk about the loss in Memphis, the loss in Washington. You certainly don't want those losses. But it seems like the Heat get up for the better teams. I mean, there was the one game against Philadelphia where they got completely outplayed from the beginning. But, Alex, I, you know what I see, like a game tonight, what Bam said after the game, to Jason Jackson, he said, our coach called us. We wanted to prove Coach wrong. We're not a mediocre road team. Eric Spoelstra doesn't say that kind of stuff publicly unless he wants it to get under his team's skin. And I'm going to disagree a little bit with both Eric and Alf on this. I don't think being 500 on the road makes you a mediocre road team. It makes you an above-average road team. Be actually like, most teams are below average on the road. The Heat were 9-9. Nine nine. They had some pretty good wins. Uh, the significance of this for you? I mean, I think the significance of this game, the message throughout
3: was – what how nice it feels right to have this luxury of options again just think this team looks really nice together when they're healthy right now that you got derrick jones jr kind of hitting his stride justice hasn't hit his stride yet obviously first game back but having him out there doing stuff on defense even without the offensive impact that he's brought in the past was nice you know you've seen the development and evolution of hero and robinson to where they are now as confident shooters and now Finally, you're seeing Bam really realize his powers. Game by game, he's been adding stuff, getting more confident. But tonight, what he had three different and ones, he's, uh, you know, shut, throwing out these passes that require a lot of confidence. He's doing a lot of things out there that it's obvious that he's growing and growing and growing. And I'm just glad that he's finally growing into that potential that we, that we all saw
2: of him. Yeah, we're going to do a whole episode on him, so I don't want to focus too much on him tonight. Even though he was terrific, uh, let's go through five things. Uh, the first thing I want to touch on because everybody was kind of waiting for this, and Alex mentioned it—they finally had a healthy team, really for the first time all season. Because you look at the beginning of the year, it's not just been health; it's been the suspensions. So you look, and then obviously Jimmy, the birth of his child too. So that they weren't together for the first three games. Then Jimmy came back. Then Justice eventually went out. Drogic went out. Uh, no JJ, no Dion at various times. So this was the first time he had the full complement of players. Let's focus first on justice Winslow though, because everybody was waiting for this. He was back a little sooner than I expected. Uh, what I have heard just to give you a little behind the scenes on this is that he had sought a, another opinion, uh, that was more discouraging, I guess about his progress, but I guess that he and the team, and I'll do more reporting on this when I'm up in New York, but he and the team sort of came to a meeting of the minds on this and, and decided that he was okay to go. Uh, he didn't play a ton tonight. He didn't start. We didn't expect him to start. What did you think of his minutes, Alex?
3: Uh, you know, like I said earlier, I was. it was good to see him out there on, on the defensive end. Uh, I think Alf pointed it out that he was making it very hard for Doug McDermott to even get the ball. You know, he kept denying him. And Doug McDermott, is, you know, they're obviously running him in a similar role to the Heat run Duncan Robinson. You know, just seeing that tangible defensive impact that he brings is nice, especially because over the past few weeks, their defense have been declining. So I'm just happy to see him out there. I've always wanted him to, to do good, and I'm happy that he's going to be back in that bench lineup, with, which might help other guys as well.
4: Well, yeah, I I, I saw the same things, right? You saw Justice on, on defense. You saw a lot of what we've seen all season when Justice is out there and able to play. Um, just denying guys the ball, just being in the right place, right time. There was a there was a point they put him on T.J. Warren and T.J. Warren was just not heard of for about two three minutes. They just couldn't get him the ball. So that side of the that side of the ball, he he was awesome. Um, offensively, it's not like he looked lost. It just looked like he just didn't have a place. Yeah, like I mean, he it, it's it's mm-hmm. they they've developed so many different ball handlers: Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. So many different guys are handling the ball for them that. That role for him is just not there right now. So he's he's trying to figure out where he needs to be. And that really doesn't worry me because we've seen this happen with him in the past, and eventually he figures it out. What did worry me a little bit is like beginning of the fourth quarter, end of the third quarter, there were a couple of those plays getting back on defense on a run out or, and um, um, some of those hustle plays where I, it just looked like he just couldn't even find the energy or the legs. And I think that's just going to take time. Um, but listen, justice was justice tonight. He made an impact on the defensive end. He had he had some good rebounds, and just like Alex was saying, what the best thing about tonight was just seeing that. The, the options are back, right? right? You need you need a defensive stop, you need a defensive stand, you bring in justice. Some guys going off you can bring in justice. We saw the other night if you need James Johnson for 17 minutes, you can get James Johnson for 17 minutes. Goran Dragic is out there. You had and then you had an, another a blowout where finally Jimmy and Bam got to rest. I think all of that yeah. in the bigger picture is just you see how scary this team really is when they have, like you said, the full
3: complement of all their abilities. yeah, And I that's said that. considering that they didn't play any of the 2017 guys tonight. JJ and yeah. Kelly did not get a single minute.
2: Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, I said, you know, they looked versatile, deep, and dangerous. And, and I think that's where they are. Also, the other thing to consider is we're one month exactly from the trade deadline. And so now they have a month, if nobody gets hurt, which never happens with them, but if nobody gets hurt, uh, to, to really evaluate where they are. That's something that I've kind of been a little bit worried about with the
3: Justice thing, right? Because I didn't want him to keep coming back later and later. And then you're going to have an even, even shorter time window to evaluate this team, right? And to decide what you're going to do with this team roster wise. And I think it's, I'm glad that he's back for that reason, right? Like to have as long of a sample as you can with this team healthy.
2: Yeah, no doubt. I, I but I think, you know, again, with some of what Al's mentioning, it looks like for now, uh, it's going to be hard for him to find a place. I think there'll be certain games where he will, but th- that sequence you're talking about, like in the fourth quarter, the more worrisome sequence to me were when, when Indiana started, I mean, they weren't making a run, but they were kind of getting their way back into the twenties instead of the thirties. But there was a couple sequences where, you know, justice and Goran and Tyler are all kind of hanging out in the same place on offense. You know, <laughs> And, and, you know, it's, it's sort of like Drogic and Tyler have kind of developed a game together, like you said. And Justice isn't part of that game. And Justice really isn't part of the game with Jimmy yet. And so it's going to be interesting to see how Spolster figures out how to sort of deploy Justice's defense without it getting in the way too much on offense. It's not that Justice doesn't have a skill set on offense. He does. But I don't know that they've needed that that much. I mean, sometimes, but they needed it more when Goron was out. Now that Goron's back, they don't need it quite as much. Let's get to number two here. Uh, Jimmy, we have some t-shirts on our website. You can hate us now. And Jimmy Butler came with that attitude uh, tonight with TJ Warren. Uh, that was a little old heat stuff uh, that reminded me a little of Dwayne kind of, you know, giving the, uh, the smile to Lance Stevenson or some of the other things we've seen with Udonis. Uh, let's, let's evaluate Jimmy's game, though, tonight. Uh, we've, we've focused so much on his shooting. He didn't shoot the ball a ton from the perimeter tonight, but he was highly efficient. Do you think watching him tonight, maybe a couple of last couple of games that he's gotten his legs back, Alf?
4: Yeah, it looks like it. Um, I think ever since Goron came back, you've seen that he's had a, the help has you know it's kind of like reinforcements have arrived, right? And he started to feel look a little bit better, but he still wasn't finishing. He still wasn't um, hitting his jump shots. Now it's, it felt like tonight he didn't feel it felt back to at the, like the beginning of the season where he never felt like he had to force anything. Like he started with four assists before he even took a shot. And I think it's because he feels confident that there are guys behind him. There's another wave of talent coming that he doesn't have to force the issue right from the beginning. And I think that's what we saw some of the misses, some of the, some of the bad shots is where he just felt like he had to force the issue because – there wasn't, you know, there, there was no second wave coming, right? It was going to be eight guys, and if those eight guys didn't get it done, they were going to get, they were going to get blown out in Washington. That, it was going to be that kind of game. So I think with – as you see the the the, the 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 team get healthy, you're going to start seeing that Jimmy Butler that we saw at the beginning of the season where he, where he works his way slowly into the game. And tonight, I mean, what did he finish with, 17, um, six assists,
3: Five or
4: six. Play, and he didn't play the he didn't play the fourth quarter. I mean, this could have been another uh twenty-four, eight, and seven game for him. But he, you know, he didn't have to play the fourth. So I I, I do think he's getting his legs under him. And the more of these fourth quarters he misses, mm-hmm. the more of these games where he can just take a night off against, you know, the Portland Trailblazers at home because the rest of the team's got it. It's going the more and we've talked about this over and over for guys like him and Goron. The more it's gonna, it's gonna help the Heat in the playoffs.
2: Well, you mentioned it. Now they are. Now that he only had five field goals tonight, although he, um, you know, didn't take that many shots, so he's highly efficient. They're now twelve and two. The stats now twelve and two, and he makes five field goals or less. So, uh, again, I, I know they don't necessarily That's want a such correlation a weird there, but it, but it is a weird number. Right? It's like the less he has to do, or the less he does offensively, the better the better they are. Uh, you focused a lot, uh, you know, kind of on sort of the ball handling aspect, Alex, and how it fits uh, with Jimmy. I thought Spo had an interesting answer to a question I asked a practice yesterday about whether, you know, he anticipated that Jimmy would have to ball handle as much as he has. And Eric's response, which was interesting, was kind of like, I'm, we're just playing to his strengths. He made it seem like it was really not by necessity Uh, again, tonight, ball in his hands, beginning of the game, the ball popped. Uh, Should it still be in his hands that much?
3: I mean, I think to a degree, sure. But I'm not really sure exactly what we mean when we talk about that, right? Because his usage still hasn't even been like that high for the season. It's still been hovering around 24, 25, which is higher than it was last year in Philly, obviously, because of that situation. But uh, he hasn't necessarily been dominating the ball, in the ways that a lot of other ball-dominant stars do. And so I do think he's not going to have the ball as much in the sense that he's not going to be the playmaker every single time like he was, especially with Guard and Justice out. But since they're back and everybody's healthy, and like you said, you know, they, they started to even use Hero in, in some of those situations as well as a pick-and-roll ball handler, Bam, doing facilitation stuff, I think they're going to go back to relying on a very movement and ball movement-centered offense where you take that load off of Jimmy because, you know, as we've been talking about, he had so much pressure on him over the past few weeks, especially with the eight man rotation. So I think it's only natural for him to s- slide back to that where Jimmy doesn't have that responsibility, to that load anymore. You
4: right, know what's we'll get, funny? They yeah. also didn't do, they didn't play a lot of zone defense tonight. No, because no. they had. The, I think it's because I think a lot of times they go to the zone just because it gives the guys a little bit of a break. But they had the bodies tonight, so why do
2: it? Right, they had. I the think that's justice and they had the justice effect. Well, right. I, I think a lot of this was they didn't have justice. And the other thing I noticed about it, too, was that Derek Jones Jr. was just as effective in man as he's been in zone. So if if that's the case and you have justice back, I mean, this is not a team that should have to zone. They, they really shouldn't. I mean, with, with their personnel, provided that all of it's healthy. All right, we'll get to more of this in a second. I, I want to get into the nine man rotation tonight because I, I thought that that was interesting the direction um, that that went. All right, we'll get back to the episode here in a second. But just like we've got a sponsor, immunity that is going to help Alf get back in shape, we've got a sponsor that's going to make me look better in clothes, if that's possible may not be, but in this particular case, I went to the absolute right place to do it. And at Cervanti Men's Custom Clothier, how frustrating is it to shop for dress clothes? You can never seem to find the right fit, the right color, the right style. Or maybe you feel like you just don't know what to wear in a particular situation or how to wear it. You've got a wedding, a special event coming up, or you have to wear professional attire daily. That's why they got to go down and see Blanca at Cervante Men's Custom Clothier. That's in South Miami. Her private showroom is located right across from Sunset Place, on Red Road. I'm heading down there before the road trip to pick up a couple of shirts that I ordered. Savani so has been designing fine custom-made clothing in South Miami for over 30 years. Your custom-made suits, pants, shirts, and shoes will fit you just the way you like. So schedule a private consultation. It's a really fun experience with Blanca to start looking your best and get the benefit of a female's perspective on men's fashion. Give her a call at 305-310-2085. That's 305 310 two zero eight five. Nothing fits like custom kit Taylor clothes. So stop buying off the rack. All right. I posed a poll question before today's game. Who's going to be the 10th man tonight? There was no 10th man. <laughs> uh, they went off the bench with, with Winslow uh, Dragic hero and Derek Jones jr. There was no Silva until late. There was no Olenek. There was no James Johnson after the way he played the other night which meant that, as our Christian Hernandez predicted, they were going to play BAM a lot at the five, which has actually been their most effective lineups this season. Do you guys think, I'll start with Alex here, do you guys think this is an Indiana thing, or do you think this is sustainable, that the Heat are just going to play smaller against a bunch of teams and keep three of the bigs on the bench?
3: Yeah, I'm not 100% sure about whether it's an Indiana thing, because Indiana does play two bigs, and it was obvious that they were going to be centered around their two bigs and considering they're missing their backcourt. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if Spolscher continued to run with the nine-man rotation. He's obviously figured out who he likes the most. I think he was anticipating Justice return. And because I think he, you know, covers a lot of those spots that were kind of leaking out a little bit over these past few weeks, specifically like we talked about the defense that over the past few weeks, I think it had gone down to like 20th in the league in that time span. So Justice covers up a lot of those holes. And like you said, they've been a pretty plus team, even more plus than usual with Bam at the five. So I wouldn't be surprised at all. But I do think Kelly is going to eventually go back into the rotation. But I don't know. That's just me, because I think if you're adding Justice and James Johnson back into the rotation, you're going to need shooting. to out-
1: Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? Dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
3: Said it, and then one of them is going to be replaced by Kelly eventually, because I do think, you know, they're going to need the 10 guys so that they have enough energy in the playoffs. I
4: think it's also interesting how um, basically Myers coming back in has taken a lot of those Kelly minutes where Myers used to not play the second and the fourth quarter. Now he's coming back in and spot minutes in, the, in those situations. And I guess, mm-hmm. is it just that supposed to trust him more defensively? Um, because I, I think Myers defense has improved and Kelly, I mean, his yeah. defense, and I don't know if it's the knee, I don't know what it is, but Kelly's defense has been rough. Like, he looks on defense the way Justice looked tonight on offense. Yep. <laughs> like the numbers reflect
2: it's... it, guys. The numbers reflect it. The numbers with him on the floor defensively have been horrible for a month. Uh, I I mean, there's it, no way around it. I think uh, Christian
4: put out uh, it was like a 189 defensive rating, something yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Maybe they're just letting Kelly get healthy. And, you know, they're not going to tell you that, it's not, that he's not healthy. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think they had a choice before. But like we said, now it's nice. They have a choice. If Kelly needs some time to get that knee right, they have, they have plenty of options where they don't have to force him out there.
2: Yeah, one more thought on Myers. Uh, 45%, he came into the game 45% from three, which is what he shot at last year, which is a career best. It went up a little bit tonight. I mean, he needs a long time to kind of get rid of it. <laughs> he does not have a Dan Marino release. Uh, but once he gets his feet set, it seems like every defender leaves him. And he's now he's like, he's shooting it from even further out just to get additional more space and give himself some more time, but he's making them. I still come back to this. I know you feel this way Alpha, And I know people are going to get on you because you talk too much Myers Leonard, but I, I want to see him shoot it more. Like I, like I understand that his percentage would go down a little bit because he wouldn't be in perfect position with his feet set again, no defender around him. But if you're shooting 45% from three, uh, at this stage on two attempts a game i'd like to see it with three attempts four attempts a game am i wrong about that
4: well ethan it's not even just about his percentage going down or him making or missing them it's just the the amount of respect that it would engender from the from the opposing center that's the whole point of it it because if he can if right now i don't even understand why anyone ever leaves him open and they still do and there are times that he's open and maybe he doesn't – maybe he needs a second and a half to get ready and he only has a second and he'll pass it off. He needs to shoot that ball. And he – he. I would like to see him shoot four, five, six a game. And, like, let, if he drops to 38%, 39%, that's fine. I mean, that's still really, really good for a starting center. Um, But what it just does is just open things up even more. Like, you can – you would just have to respect the fact – that Myers Leonard's going to shoot it. And if he can make it 40% of the time, that's just going to open things up in the lane even more for
3: Bam. I think Myers definitely wants to shoot more too. The problem is, is a slow release, right? Like I think he's done a better job at at least letting the defense know, I'll shoot it. Like he'll do this little fake that kind of gets the defense to come out to him, even if he's not going to shoot it. But I think because of the slow release, it's kind of hindering him a little bit to get his releases up because he has to have his feet in place. Like you guys were saying, And the release is slow. So I would like him to get his attempts up to four a game as well. But that kind of gets in the way because he has to kind of be standing in one place. I also think sometimes,
4: and the whole team does this, and it, it helps with ball movement. I think sometimes he thinks, yeah, I can hit this, but look at Duncan Robinson over there. Right, he's even better. So, so they're no, they're, they're
2: unselfish to a fault. It's not just him. Yeah, Jimmy. I mean, all, all. I mean, except for Kendrick.
4: Right? No, and I've gotten on Kendrick a lot in the past, mm-hmm. and and I've gotten and people say I don't like Kendrick. None. He's he. His game is not my favorite type of game. That doesn't mean I think he's a bad player.
3: But he has absolutely
4: gotten better at making yes. the right pass at the right time.
3: He, he doesn't has. stand out anymore. He doesn't have no. those standout offensive possessions where. He's dribbling everything out. Like he, he, never stands out like a sore thumb in that way, like he used to in the beginning of the season,
2: or like Dion did, right? Like I, I feel like he was trending towards a Dion type game, and I feel like they've course corrected with him, and that's what I said. I, I the difference between none and, and waiters, even though they're only three years apart, which is hard to believe, is that none is not doesn't see himself as a finished product, whereas Dion did. And so I I felt like they could get to Kendrick and sort of explain it. I mean, the one guy I don't mind it is, you know, Tyler towards the end of the game. There were a couple of possessions where like Dragic was waiting for the ball back. But it's like, okay, this these three possessions are Tyler time. Like you just know Tyler's going to find a way to create enough space to shoot it. And that's what he's going to do. But even he can be very unselfish at times. Even Duncan has been unselfish at times, even though he's, you know, arguably the best shooter on the team. Actually, I don't think it's arguable. From distance, I would like to see Myers shoot it more. I I think Alex, what's interesting about what you talk about with the release is that's kind of a hard thing to correct. Like I, I'm sure that the Heat have tried, and I'm going to talk to Myers a little bit about it on this road trip. I'm sure they've tried to quicken it, but it's just like with a quarterback, right? Like if a quarterback either, I mean, Marino had that release; it was God given, right? <laughs> like I, I don't I, have you ever seen a shooter really quicken a release? Like either of you guys? Because I, I can't I even one.
3: I don't really expect Myers to be able to do that, man. I think it's always like you look at tape of him. Like I only say that because I was just randomly watching the inside the heat thing the other day and they were showing what you'd say from him from high school and college. He's always had the slow release. I think it's just the way he is like everything about him is slow just compared to other NBA athletes. And I'm not trying to like, yeah, yeah, it's deliberate. Sure. But uh, I'm not trying to like say (laughs) it in a bad way. You know, he's just not at that same level of coordination and stuff. And I don't think that's something that he's going to be able to add to his game right now. Well, Goran doesn't have a quick release. But there are times that
4: Goran, with a guy in his face, is just going to set up and shoot his shot and not let anybody buy
3: Huh? He can create space by himself, yeah. though. Myers can't right. create I space. I mean, there's
4: times even when Goran's being crowded and he'll take that shot. Duncan Robinson does it as well. But Duncan has a quick release. But Goran doesn't have a quick release. Myers is seven feet tall a lot of times the guy, a guy running at him isn't even going to bother his shot i i still think even with the slow release he should take the shot he, no one no one's going to block it right and right. he i think he just needs to get it's
3: almost it's like not about I, the block it's about the shot getting affected though i think he has to have yes, it like, course, set up like, squared I, up
4: course, perfectly you know of course i understand that but what i'm but like what ethan and i are both are saying is that he needs to shoot some of those. When, even when he's a little more uncomfortable, mm-hmm. he needs to take those shots. just to, oh, I'm I with think you. it'll create a lot more space. Um, I mean, right now, it's fine. But I think if he, if he could double his shot attempt, just like Ethan's saying, it could create more space, space. You said it
3: the last time that we worked together. You said it at the game. You said uh, 2 of 5. That's what he did. If he right. goes 2 of 5 every time, it's 40%. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. Perfect, and that's exactly yeah. what he did tonight.
2: Yeah, that's perfect. No, I, like I said, I, you know, they've gotten everybody else's attempts up, right? Like, but I don't think that the plan was to have Derek Jones Jr. shooting nine times from three at times and Myers shooting two or three times. Like, uh, you, you want your bet. You got to
3: talk about somebody else who went two a five tonight, Derek Jones Jr.,
2: <laughs> no, he did, and and look, he, maybe that percentage creeps up to thirty because you know, and as long as it gets into the thirty somewhere, you feel better about it because of everything else that he does. But you don't want him being in a position to take that many of those shots, and but you do want Myers. I understand there's a release difference, but I, I would like to see Myers take more of them. That's all. Uh, you know, I thought his a game. Otherwise, was very solid tonight, and like Al said, he's getting the additional stints. He got some stints at the five tonight too. With Derek at the four, and because they're not playing the other bigs. So I think that's going to be a, a positive factor, too. All right, we've got another episode that's going to be coming up soon, so check it out. We're going to talk about Bam's candidacy. That's why we didn't talk about it much on this episode uh, Bam's candidacy for the All Star game. All right, we're going to complete the episode here in a second. We've got to bring you the latest on what's gone on between Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren, which broke while we were potting. So we've actually delayed putting this one out because we want to get to this at the very end. Before we do, and you're going to want to stick around for it. Got to check out another of our great sponsors, and that's Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. You can find them at onecalllegal.com. That's onecalllegal.com. Make sure you spell it out. They've got someone there 24 hours a day. They specialize in lots of different types of law, but particularly immigration. Traffic tickets, also personal injury. They're getting into the sports business as well. So that's Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. They're based right here in North Miami, but they handle cases from all over the state. They're right off of I ninety five at one hundred and seventh Street. So right off I ninety five, just west of it. And actually, we actually work out of their offices as well at times. So we can tell you they're great people, and they will get right to your particular case. That's a Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. One call, Eagle com. All right. This is not going to be settled in a court of law, Alex. Um, Alpha has gone out to walk the dog, so we're, we're going to handle the rest of this ourselves. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jimmy that a kind of, well, kind of. Um, Jimmy Butler kind of walked T.J. Warren right out of the game today. There were two different incidents. We gave short shrift to this during the podcast and we got paid back for it because as we were completing all of this stuff broke out. Um, just to go back through this a little bit, there were two incidents of note tonight. Between Jimmy and TJ Warren, there was a foul that Jimmy didn't particularly like. Uh, then there was a, a sequence where Jimmy kind of went after TJ a little bit. TJ tried to go after him. Jimmy walked away. Jimmy blew him as a, a kiss as he got thrown as TJ got thrown out of the game. Um, but then after the game, Alex, you have this queued up. We're going to play this clip. Um, I think we got it right. We're going to play yep. a clip. This was from Ira Winderman of the Sun Sentinel's question to Jimmy Butler about what exactly happened at the end of the game. After this clip, we'll give you a little context.
4: What, what sort of made it so chippy all of a sudden out of just like the one foul? Uh,
3: I mean, to me,
4: I think it's tough for him because I can guard him and he can't guard me. Like at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Um, but like I said, um, I think you just got to watch your mouth in certain situations. There's something you just don't say as a man. And um, I mean – he, he got he to see me the next time because I, I feel like what he said was, was truly disrespectful. And it's all good because um, we see him again. I'm, I ain't scared of nobody. So, you know, he's talking about, oh, we're going to fight this, that, this, that. It is what it is to me. And then what did you notice the middle finger from him? And was the blowing of the kiss? He's not, he's not even in my fucking like nowhere near me. Um, and if, if I was their coach, I would, I would never put him on me. Ever again. He's like, no, put somebody
3: else on me because I'm going to tear his ass up every time. All
2: right. Um, Thoughts?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, credit to Fox Sports for that, for that clip. Yeah. But that was awesome. I love that energy that Jimmy's bringing. I was surprised when the whole thing kind of erupted because we haven't really seen that side of Jimmy yet this season. We saw it last year with that eruption that he had when he was playing with Philly and everybody had to hold him back. But Jimmy's been very calm in Miami, right? So that was kind of out of nowhere. It didn't even seem like a hard foul to me. But like he says in the clip, it was apparently not about a foul, right? I think it was – I
2: think he – Something he said. He said
3: that – yeah, it was something he said. And he took, like, a lot of offense to it. So that's obviously not cool if he did say something disrespectful. But that whole energy that he's bringing of, like, oh, I'm not scared of nobody. You know, he's not in my league. Saying all, all these things, like I don't even worry about him, but then at the same time he's going to Instagram and be like, "Oh, I'm I'm ready though." He's literally circling it on his calendar. Yeah. So Instagram. let's
2: let let us get to that. So then this Instagram post posted. Um, this is a two hundred thousand likes since I just checked it out. Jimmy Butler has gone to the Miami Heat schedule, and he's found a three game subset of games. Um, one is in Chicago on March eighteenth. Another is in against Oklahoma City on, uh, excuse me, on March 23rd. But the one that he has circled, uh, in, uh, red ink here, somewhat red ink is Friday, March 21st back at Bankers Life Fieldhouse against Indiana. And then he, he, I mean, we have some people on Twitter who won't at people who will hide behind, you know, fake names and all the rest of this. Jimmy Butler does not do that. Jimmy Butler added T underscore Warren one. So it went right to T- TJ Warren's Instagram and said, don't be mad. You can't guard me. We will see what you about in March. Uh, you mentioned it. LeBron James took a lot of shit while he was down here in Miami, but never went back in anybody. He told me many times he wanted to, but he didn't. Okay. All the guys that took shots at him. I mean, he would take like sort of, Shots in the locker room at them, you know, like pointing out the fact that Reggie Evans had no points and no rebounds after saying that the Heat's first championship with LeBron should have had an asterisk against it. Uh, he did things like that, but not like Jimmy. And this is one of the reasons, Alex, I said before the season that Jimmy is the most Miami star that the Heat have ever had. Like more so than LeBron, more so even than Dwayne, whoa, who had to grow whoa. into it. You gotta make sure most, UD doesn't hear this. No, well, but, but UD was not, okay, not a star. <laughs> Okay. He's the most U- Miami player they've ever had. And, and I, you know, my love for UD's, so don't start shit there. He's just out kind of the wrong size t-shirt, but the most Miami star they've ever had, like even like Zoe and, and Dwayne had to kind of grow into that a little bit. Uh, he is the most Miami star that the Heat have ever had. He just is. He, he, he embodies the, the whole attitude down here of like, you know, I just don't give a bleep. Um, about what you think of me, which is very Miami. That, that's the whole culture down here uh, you know. For, in terms of what this area is about. And Jimmy's embodied from the beginning. I agree with you that he has not really gone back at guys this year. I feel like he's been focused on trying to prove he's this incredible teammate, and so he's sort of not really directed things at other people. But sometimes he can't help himself. He can't help himself from cursing. We know that. Uh, and he can't t- help himself from taking an occasional shot at somebody or getting involved. He got pulled into that whole thing between Towns and Embiid earlier this season. But this is the first time that he's really gone back the day. I, I like it. And it's it's like
3: awesome it. because it's like he's been doing this stuff where he adds players, but in a completely different manner, right? He's done it with his teammates where he's doing a lot of playful stuff. He's kind of teasing them. But this where he's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm not just about the games. Like I will at this guy who, you know, we almost got into a fight like i jimmy you could literally see him in the replay like hesitating to throw that punch like he was balling up his fist. like <laughs> I, he was heated there for real this is not a joke and he's no, there's the a variety of ways that you can use instagram in
2: 2020 oh no doubt but he, but here's the other thing about it he he's not a uh, kevin garnett fake tough guy Right, like Kevin Garnett, who would start shit with like every European player that he could find. L- look it up. Every time that Kevin Garnett oh, started, oh, always started smaller f-
3: players too. It,
2: it was always a small white dude. Let's just be honest, okay? Like, I mean, it, look, look at Kevin Garnett's. Said, you're lucky you were
3: never on the floor with him.
2: Right, right. I mean, right. Exactly. Uh, right. Like uh, it, it always was, and and then he would always back down. And this guy is the whole. What was that? Udonis called. Uh, what was he called? Paul Pierce's studio gangster. Was it, he called Paul Pierce? Right. It was this, uh, right? Like, the, the, but that's what the Boston Celtics embodied. Like, that's not Jimmy Butler. Like, Jimmy Butler wanted to go tonight. Like, the only time he restrained himself was going walking towards the other side of the court, but then blowing the kiss afterwards, which just sets the whole thing up.
3: He, he completely you know. won the chess game, right?
2: Yep. Yeah. Like he, he, got, he got him kicked out. They needed a scorer tonight. They need a scorer tonight. And TJ Warren's been scoring lately. So whether Jimmy yeah. Butler respects him as a player or not, he's a player that the Pacers needed tonight.
3: They won the chess game, not only in that way, because he's averaging like 18 a game, I believe, yep. but also in the fact that, you know, he didn't have to do that. When, and I'm talking about TJ Warren here. Like, after the whole thing happened, he already already gotten the first tech. Then they ended up – look, if you've grown up playing basketball at the park, you knew what was going to happen after that whole thing flared up the first time and then they were guarding each other on the next possession. You knew what was going to happen. It was going to flare up again. Like, who knows exactly what was going to come out of it. But I was watching that the entire time. I wasn't <laughs> even looking at the ball. I was not even looking at the ball but I, Alex, I know that, energy. Wanted I know to, that Jimmy,
2: Jimmy wanted it to happen. Exactly. And pick. that was going to be my he point. Wanted it like, to happen.
3: That's that was going to be my point. He completely baited him uh-huh. into doing something. Although Jimmy was definitely angry. I'm not saying like Jimmy wasn't re- like he was angry, but at the same time he baited him. He got him out of there. Like he, he completely got him to follow him and like flick him off and like just do all this extra stuff that he didn't need to do. Like it, it's a veteran move by Jimmy to bait him and then just blow him the kisses and make him look stupid on social media and on, and on TV
2: and the difference between Jimmy and, say, a Lance Stevenson-type instigator is Jimmy can back it up with his play. I mean, what Jimmy is saying about T.J. Warren is true. It's easier for Jimmy Butler to guard T.J. Warren than it is for T.J. Warren to guard Jimmy Butler. It's just simple. Like, And this is the other thing that cracks me up about Jimmy, and we've talked about this on previous episodes, is Jimmy goes back and forth between declaring himself just another player or an effing superstar. Like, it depends on the day, right? Like, some, some days he'll tell you he's not that good. His answer to my question in training camp where he's, you know, he doesn't see himself as a star. And then, again, the answer in a locker room, uh, you know, about a month ago where he said, oh, Bam's the star, right, like on this team. But then when push comes to shove and someone actually, say, pushes him, he tells you how good he is, right? So it's it's a little bit of both. It's this game that Jimmy kind of plays and he's played it everywhere he's been. Anyway, we wanted to touch on it. You're going to see all this stuff. It's blowing up on social media everywhere. Uh, so we stopped the editing just to get this to you. We'll get another episode on BAM here shortly. But again, check out all our sponsors, ecpaclaims.com. You got nine months to file an IRMA claim. So if you need to do that, go there. Please support our sponsors because uh, our sponsors are, are what's keeping us going here. Talk to you soon.
1: Thank you for listening
2: to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.
0: Ohio,
4: ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go.